The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. You're listening to a Tip of the Cap podcast brought to you by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality gear for the player who expects more for their money. Visit them today at www.stingerwoodbats.com and use promo code TIP OF THE CAP, all one word, for 10% off your next order. Stinger Sports. Look great. Feel great. Play great. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Tip of the Cap podcast. I am Coach Jaws, and I am joined by a longtime friend, coach, mentor, personal trainer of mine, Aaron, the Iron Man, Aaron Newman. What's up, buddy? What's going on, man? How we doing? Good. You uh, look small as always. Okay. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we, we brought Aaron on the show because I want to talk about training, like actual physical training, lifting, and then specifically kind of gear it more toward like an athletic approach. And the reason I want to do that is because a lot of kids get into sports specifically baseball, but sports as a whole. And there's not a whole lot of direction for what they do in the weight room. It's just get in the weight room. And we have this conversation of uh, something's better than nothing. You know, moving weight is better than sitting on your couch playing Fortnite. But it's also one of those things where at some point, if you want to talk about getting to the next level or just getting better as a whole, you got to do it the right way, right? Without injury. Without injury. And that's the big part too. So uh, first and foremost, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, where you've been, uh, your, your, how you got to where you are, and let's just go from there. So, my name is Aaron Newman. I started in the training avenue. Crap, probably eight years old. Wow. I would say it was around the time when it started that I wanted to be different. And it started, of course, with like push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, and that kind of stuff. And uh, honestly, it was watching like martial arts ton of movies. Okay. And these guys were doing these single arm push ups, and I thought it was pretty cool. And I'm like, hey, I want to get so I can do that. Right. And of course, I got so I could do that and do a lot of them. And then I went on to push ups with someone on my back, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, normal stuff. Doing weighted pull ups. Right. You know, um, my father talked to a gentleman named uh, Steve Downs. He was at the YMCA in Medina when I was a kid. I was sixth grade, and he asked, how old can my kid be to start training? Because my dad trained at the Y. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he can come in now. He's 11 years old, that's fine. And I supposedly, I don't really remember doing it, but been told by other people that I used to strap like a 40-pound dumbbell to me doing pull-ups, weighing maybe 70 pounds. Wow. 60, 70 pounds. And then sixth grade, had to have doctor physical. I had a hernia. So the doctor found a hernia. Can't imagine why. Yeah, right. (laughs) And uh, dad says, okay, either you get checked, because I don't want to get checked. So you get to get checked or you can't train anymore. Right. So I got checked, had a hernia, had to stop training anyways. That was sixth grade. So fast forward to ninth grade. And eighth, ninth grade time frame, I started being bullied. Probably weighed 90, 
that was 115 pounds when I came out of ninth grade. So about 90 to 100 pounds at that time frame. Got in a fight with a kid. Um, didn't fight back. He was, was my friend. Right. And we got in a fight. And being bullied quite often at that time frame. So I remember ninth grade, last day of school. <laughs> this is a funny story. Last day of school, I bought this tank top on in a muscle magazine because I was reading them and stuff at the time. Sure. And it said, um, coming soon on the top, had a got muscular guy breaking through this brick wall. And then it said, me in bricks underneath. Nice. So picture this, uh, I'm five foot ten, <laughs> five foot nine. I was at the time or so, 115 pounds. Walking, one, one walking five. beanstalk. Yes. Right. Bones. <laughs> Wear this tank top to school. Right. It was probably size medium, too big for me. Right. Right. And everyone laughed at me. Of course. You know. And so why wouldn't they? So that year, that that summer, I ate a ton of food, but I always ate a ton of food. I put on 20 pounds of muscle in that summer. And that was kind of when everything started. So I put on 20 pounds of muscle. I was weighing 135 going into the year. By the end of the year, I was weighing 145. I was at the time benching 245. I was squatting 400 for reps at that time frame. And I got up to about 100, probably 145, 155 pounds by the end of that year. And then trained so I my dad at that time frame that next summer so it was my 10th grade summer right says I'll buy you boys a Olympic set of weights so a 300 pound stack of weights but you have to cut down these evergreen trees that were like a line between our backyard and then our backfield right there was I believe six of them and it was root and all. Oh. Yeah. Pulling stumps. Yes. Good stuff. We had to cut them out with pitchforks <laughs> and axes. Right. No machines. Eight hours. It took me and my cousin to get it done. My Jeez. dad sat at the picnic table with my stepmom, drinking their iced tea. Right. Laughing at us, watching us. Of course. Next day, he went out and got us the weights. So we ended up moving all our weights to the barn, and we trained that year. Um, my dad found this ad in the swap sheet, which most probably don't remember the swap sheet, but the swap sheet was like a... Your, your little, age is showing a little, little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> this little paper that came with, like, ads in it. Yeah. Like we get nowadays. Penny savers yeah. and stuff. Yep. And, and it was in Bradford, Pennsylvania. Right. The dead of winter. And I believe there was a, the storm at that same time frame. So okay. we're driving through these hills with... Yeah. You can't really drive through to go get this... These machines. I think we had a... Decline bench, two calf raises, a vertical leg press that attached to the wall, and I believe a pull-down machine. We're all going, we're going to get all this right in my dad's truck. So we get there, go down to the bottom of this guy's basement. His nickname was Papa. This little guy, older man, had this whole setup in his basement, a training setup. Like right. He did personal training down there. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this is what I want to do. That's kind of what made me think I want to do like what I do now, like right. as a trainer, helping kids, helping adults, men, women don't really matter, just helping people to better their lives. Right. You know what I mean? So, so I was BSing with this guy, and uh, he said, "Well, you're pretty strong, kid. You want to do this powerlifting meet we held here in Brentville, Pennsylvania?" I'm like, 
okay, what's it involved? So he told me I wasn't benching properly, told me how to bench properly, and uh, it was called the Beast of the Northeast. Okay. I don't even think it's around anymore. So I remember I went to that meet, um, bombed out, missed my bench. I opened with my best bench ever. Of course, not going to hit that. You're in a place like this. Right. I weighed 145 pounds, tried to open at 245, missed it, bombed out, deadlifted 300, didn't even place. And uh, that's kind of how the journey all started right. in this this avenue. Started training people at 19 years old, friends of friends of mine, um, and then started training as like as a side job at probably like 20, 21 years old. Okay. And then obviously from there it's taken off. You have your own private spot here. Your own. It's got your name on the window. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know this. We we are we are sitting here actually recording in the heart of Newman Nation, yeah, as it were. Yeah. Um, one of the interesting things that you said in that story is, you know, you in your journey at one point had asked the question, "When can I start doing this? You know, when can I start mm-hmm. training and lifting?" And the answer was, "Right now." You're 11 years old. Come on in. Mm-hmm. As a coach, one of the things I get asked all the time, especially with some of the smaller guys, shorter guys, mm-hmm. how does my kid compete? With guys that are just bigger than him, mm-hmm. you know, my my kid is twelve years old. He's the smallest kid on the team, and he's going to struggle to make the team next year. How do I, you know, any tricks to get him to get five and seven, five seven inches taller? And my answer is always no, but he can get stronger. Mm-hmm. So, at what age would you suggest for younger athletes to potentially start talking about lifting weights, not just? Doing some body weight stuff, but like actually lifting, getting in a gym type setting type, or just even having a home gym and doing something along those lines. So there's no science behind you can't weight train. There's no there's nothing behind it. Right. There are myths. You'll do this, you'll do that. There's no real science. Now, taking that in there, there are things that you should not do as a young kid. Sure. So my son, he's almost 23, he was asking me from age of three if he could start training. Right. I let him start training at five. Okay. He was pressing in 20-pound dumbbell overhead by age eight. He did a bench meet with me when he was 10, but then he got into higher-level baseball. Right. So the benching stopped, and the pressing with shoulders stopped, and we just worked towards baseball. Yeah. The problem with my son is he has the gene of being strong, where he kind of looks at a weight and can do it. Yeah. Not the smartest thing when you're young, which is why I had a lot of injuries. Right. I was very strong, but my tennis ligaments weren't ready for the brute force of everything. Right. Or my bone structure, right? So, yes, I was squatting 400, but I blew out a hip and a spine because I was squatting too much for my body to hold. Right. Didn't know no different, just kept on doing it. So yeah. by the time I was 19 years old, I couldn't really walk too well. I had to rehab that. So by me doing that, another reason why I wanted to start training people, especially love training kids, you just don't get a lot of kids. Yeah. Because a lot of parents are thinking just how you think is, hey, my kid can't train at that young of an age. Right. Well, yes, they can. And I, in my opinion, I've trained as young as six. In okay. Here. You know, I, six, seven. I've trained a couple six-year-olds couple eight-year-olds. I've trained a lot of between 10 and 15. All right. 
And so it, it's interesting because when you and I first met, all right, you were training at a gym that one of your clients was opening, mm-hmm. and he's that client just happened to be one of my best friends mm-hmm. and one of my longtime teammates, and he raved about you, right? He and, and this and this is a story that I think a lot of people can relate to. Of well, I can buy a ten dollar a month gym membership. Why would I pay someone more money to tell me to do stuff I can just go and do on my own? Now I walked in and was like, ah, my buddy's like, hey, take it, just he'll, first one's free. Like he'll he'll come in. Like, just work with them one time, see what you do. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. So I walk in, me and you have a conversation. You're like, all right, so what's your background? What do you, I'm like, oh, man, I've been an athlete my whole life. I, you know, football, baseball, I swam for a year. I, I've been in a weight room for a long time. I know what I'm doing. And I mean, you're a small guy. You're only yeah, 320 pounds. Yeah. You know, and so I'm looking at that point. I was around that 310, 320 mm-hmm. mark. I was, I'd yeah. lost a lot of weight at that point, was feeling good about myself. And I walk in and you look at me and go, okay, grab the 10s. <laughs> and I remember like it was yesterday, I went, the tens. What are you yeah. gonna do with the tens? So I go, I grab the tens. I kinda got this. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what it was. Alright, you're gonna go this, 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 this. I said, okay. And you're gonna do 30 of them. I got to 15, I was ready to cry. Mm-hmm. And I got done. I'm like, okay, now what are your like, two more times of that? And I was like, what the hell? And it was I had no idea what I was doing in the gym. Mm-hmm. No clue what I was doing in the weight room. Um, you know, my high school program, and we've talked about this a little bit with some of the guys that I'm in here training with now, Mm -hmm. like, you know, they have kids that are in the same situation and it's bench, squat, deadlift, clean, dead, bench, squat, deadlift, clean. They're not even, they're only squatting and benching right now. Oh, geez. So like he injured his wrist doing cleans. Two of his friends injured their wrist doing cleans because it's an advanced movement that these kids should not be doing. Yeah. And if they are, shame on them coaches for not teaching it properly. Yeah, and, I uh, mean, that was that was what it was back, you know, I mean. It's been like that for too many years. I've been out of high school way too fi- many years. almost 15 years now. Way too many years. Oof, I mean, do a high pull. Yeah. High pull is going to get the same result without the wrist problem. Right. <laughs> and it's like, it's so, it was such an eye-opener for me to, to realize how much I didn't know mm-hmm. because... You know, especially you go to some of these box gyms, right? You go to some of the bigger gyms in the area, and you see younger guys, younger girls in their early 20s, mm-hmm. and they're training two, three people, and mm-hmm. it's all, let's do some curls. And it, you, you kind of look at it, and you're like, really? And finding someone who knows what they're doing, has the the experience, the education. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I've learned so much from you mm-hmm. personally and just by working with you and watching you work with other people that it's absolutely blown my mind. And the results I saw, especially back when I was fighting before my pulmonary embolism, and I was in the best shape of my life. I thought I was in great shape my senior year of high school going into college. I was like 250, 260, somewhere in there. I was quick. I was strong. And then I, you know, put on a lot of weight with the job I had, wasn't so active, started losing weight, got to working with you. All of a sudden, I'm on a ball diamond. I'm stealing bases better than I did when I was 18 at 25, 26. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, for a joke the one day, we were like, oh, let's throw 120 pounds on the ground and just row it with one hand, nice and slow. And it was easy. Mm-hmm. I never thought in a million years that was a thing that would be a thing, right? And I think I, I want to dive into doing it right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of guys... Using you know, the muscle in, instead of the tendon ligament. Right. And uh, something I know that you'd really drive home with, you know, what what's called mind-muscle connection. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. 
So let, let's let's kind of dive into that and where where people can start with that and how it then applies to athletics as a whole. Mm-hmm. Well, first, athletics as a whole is going to not stop but negate a lot of injuries. Right. A lot of injuries. I wish I'd have known what I know now back when I did all them years of powerlifting and strongman. Right. Because I would not have the issues that I have today if I'd have known all this stuff back then. Right. I had no clue how to rehab, pre-rehab. <laughs> My muscle connection was nowhere near what it is today. It was just move away. Yeah. And I was strong. So just move it away fast. And the faster you move it, the stronger you get. Right. And you get injuries, but you work through the injuries. Yeah. I mean, I, I did a powerlifting meet when I was in 2011 I was I won the whole thing, so I was best lifter in the in the, in the show. I had a, a torn hamstring that I tore six weeks prior to that. Didn't even squat until the day of the contest. First day I had I had six hundred on my back was that day. Wow! I hadn't touched it yet. Right. Couldn't bench because I had my I labrum bicep shoulder issue, so I took my first bench and that's all I could take, and I ended up pulling six seventy seven and won the contest. Almost blew my shoulder out three months later, and that's when I started on the bodybuilding avenue, right? And started getting into more of more of my muscle, my muscle connection. But it really didn't take off until like 2016, okay? When I went down to Florida and I got some, I went to a camp and got educated by a bunch of different guys that know a little more than me, yeah, right. And it's funny because I was just thinking about this this past week. Is I've been in this for 30 years, been training 30 years. So I started at 15 years old, I'm now 45. So 30 years I've been training, yeah. I'm learning more now than I learned in the first 20 years. Right. And why is that? Because I'm forcing myself to get better. Yeah. You know, and that's, I think, where we really, really slack in the fitness industry as a whole. And I can tell you that... We think we know everything. That That's done in the athletic world as well. And it's, it's one of the reasons I love working with you. Because I, I don't know that I've done the same workout with you. I mean, I worked out with you for almost two to three years straight. Came back with you now. Been here three months recently mm-hmm. and I don't think I've repeated a workout even one or two things mm-hmm. from back then to now and vice versa mm-hmm. it's it's incredible and like the the way I mean one the machines in here are insane mm-hmm. that's when we'll get to that we'll get to the prime equipment and everything that you got going on here um, but you know just just as a whole you know the the changes the differences from the day I met you to today is incredible yeah, you know, I, I just had a, a gentleman. We were just talking about this this morning. So my my client this morning, my eight o'clock t- this morning, he's been with me for ten years. Okay, <laughs> he's like, I learn something every week. And I said, what's funny about that is you're, you've been doing that for ten years. He's like, yeah, it's it's just a little tweak here, mm-hmm. maybe a new exercise here, a little different here, but we're learning something every week. And to me, it's like, man, that's awesome. Right. You know, like we just started doing a different type of uh, stiff leg this, this week. Okay. Up on the wedge. And, <laughs> I was going to say that. Yep, up <laughs> on the wedge. So up on a 10-degree wedge, toes up on a wedge, just to give you a little extra stretch of the hamstring, so lengthen the hamstring out more. Yeah. And the only, only thing we changed is the way the glutes go back and the way the knee drifts back with the, with the glutes. It's all we changed. Right. It's a half-inch different movement. Right. Which made all the difference. Yeah. And it's just crazy to me. Like it, it brings a smile on my face to, to hear people say, man, that was so much better this week. And all it was is just a little tweak of the exercise. Yeah. 
you know, and that's that that's that's what a lot of people. I'm not say everybody, but a lot of people just aren't learning. Right. You know, they're not putting in that work. Like I put in, would say about ten hours extra a week of just educating myself on top of the sixty hours I'm putting in here. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know when you talk about that, so that's it's if it's ten hours a week, that's five hundred and twenty hours a year. Mm-hmm. Of continu- continuing education mm-hmm. on what you're doing for a living and training people, mm-hmm. and make you know, and, and you're doing that to make yourself better, to make your clients better. Correct. You talk about like certifications. Mm-hmm. You talk about you know normal, just standard education. Mm-hmm. Forty hours, eighty hours. You're doing that in a month, mm-hmm. let alone I'm certified. Therefore, the, for so the next so for, the from now part, until forever, I'm right. good. The sad part with the certificate, like they're great. How much do you remember, right, of that cert? How much do you remember of that education? Yeah, because as years go by, you forget it. Right. If you're not re-educating yourself over and over and over again, like I watch specific videos, I've taken something out of one video. I watch four times. I take something out of it every time I watch it. Mm-hmm. Like that's insane to me. Yeah, it, you know? it's it's incredible to me the the amount of the amount of people that don't necessarily and, and not that they don't see value in it because I think it's hard to say you don't see value in education mm-hmm. but don't see the opportunity to continue to educate Correct. and how easy it is mm-hmm. I mean one I mean people are tuning into this on Spotify Apple whatever and listening to it and it, you can learn from this mm-hmm. you know I learn from people all the time I listen to other shows to get better at doing what I'm doing here mm-hmm. you know I, I listen to baseball shows to hey maybe I should look into what this guy you know what this guy's doing and then you know but somebody that I've learned a ton from that I've never even spoken to was a kid or was a coach that one of the guys I coached in high school had an opportunity to play for in the most random roundabout ways. And I bought books that this dude's written. Like it's, he's incredible. And from a, especially from like a baseball management and game management mindset, it's and it, like I, I, every time the dude puts something out, I'm on the edge of my seat like, yes, let's do this. Right. You know, right. I couldn't imagine not doing that. I think, again... It's one of the things that I think makes you so great at what you do and able to work with an eight-year-old or a 65-year-old. Right. You know, someone who's trying to just lose some weight or someone who's trying to get on stage. Yeah. Someone who's trying to be rehab an injury or bench someone, press a house. Yeah, someone and, can't even walk in my gym. Yeah. You know, they're limping in my gym, but they're walking out a week later. I mean, that that was, I, I limped back in here. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my knee was one of the biggest things slowing me down trying to lose weight again. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a major medical event fell off with what I was doing, fell off with my own personal weight loss journey, my fitness journey, whatever you want to call it. And it got to a point where my right knee got so bad, I couldn't do my own leg day. I just don't have the equipment for it. I couldn't just throw a bar on my back and squat or do a plate-loaded leg extension. And it got to a point where, thankfully, I have a fiancé who cares enough to be like, hey, you're not in a great spot right now, and you need help. So I, And that's not just physically. No, that's absolutely that, that not. Was the the mind needed to get better, our soul needed to get better. Yeah, our physical body needed to get better. You know, it's just it's crazy because in this, I see so many people change mind, body, and soul. It's not just the body, right? Because the body will only go so far. If that mind doesn't change, that soul doesn't change. We don't. We only get so far. Yeah, everything has to change as a whole. And that's what I get to witness. I get to witness people changing every avenue of their body. You know, it's it's pretty crazy. Like you've deered down what thirty pounds already? At least, yeah. Yeah. I, it's been probably three weeks since I stepped on a scale. But the light changed in your eyes in a week. Yeah. 
Like, it was, it <laughs> That's was the, what's fun. It was that first week. Like we we got together on a Friday. We did a back day. Mm-hmm. Came in on Monday. Did leg day. Mm-hmm. When I came back on Friday, I looked. He was like, "Yeah." Two days after that was the first time I walked downstairs waking up without knee pain. Mm-hmm. One week, like just the one time of just helping stabilize and, and strengthen. And I don't know if you know this, but your fiance texts me that day, yeah, saying you walked in the house different. Thank you. Yeah, it's <laughs> and it is. It's it's absolutely incredible when you because know, it's more than just lifting. It's mm-hmm. more than just mm-hmm. training. Mm-hmm. It's 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 the personal connection I you know and I know that you have that with a lot of your clients mm-hmm. most of your clients mm-hmm. that, especially the ones who stick around yeah you know the ones yeah. that are, are are in for the long haul you have a lot of them you have a lot of people that and it may not be consistently but people that are in and out you know life happens things change right. they come back right. you know and it's one of those things that I think even if you try to go somewhere else even if you try to go to someone else mm-hmm. it's not the same mm-hmm. and that connection, and I and I talk about this when I talk to people about training athletics too. You know, so like someone looking to help for help with their swing. Same thing with this. You can go online and find any form and say, "I want to do X, Y, and Z," or "Here's a video of my form. What do you think?" Mm-hmm. And you get eight hundred comments. But what does that do for you? Right. That, that's which one's right. Which one's <laughs> right? Which one works for you? Yeah. And when you change something, other things change, and there's no follow up. So. I changed this with my swing, or I changed this with my form on this lift. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, hey, X, Y, and Z. So you did it, but now A, B, and C are a problem. Mm-hmm. I never had that before. So now you repost another video and open it up to the 800 comments, and mm-hmm. then next thing you know, you got a knee injury, a back injury, and you're going, what the hell happened? Right. Or do you go to somebody who you know that you can trust? And and really, and that's what a lot of this is, when it, whether it's training for athletics like sports specific stuff, swinging, pitching, hitting, blocking, swimming, whatever it is, mm-hmm. or out here in the weight room, in the gym, in the training studio. It's finding something that you, you're you're handing that person your well-being mm-hmm. and your future. You know, when you're talking about kids coming up into college, like trying to get to that next level, you're handing them like this, I trust you with my future. You can't trust that to, to Facebook. Yeah. You can't trust that to the internet. You know, you got to find someone you know that you trust and has the knowledge. And... I can tell you that I've I appreciate working with you because of all of those things, and I think it's something that I would love to see an athlete who's ramping up toward that college career, who's ramping into that like even going into high school, and they're maybe they're they're a good little player or a good big player, but the diamond just got bigger and it's caught up to them a little bit. You know, the miss hit fly balls aren't home runs anymore; they're they're soft flyouts mm-hmm. or. You know, you were you were quick, and you could steal second on anybody. Well, now the diamond's a little bit bigger, you got a little bit further to run, and you're not stealing the bag so much. You're not hitting the ball as hard. You're not hitting it as far. Come in here and say, I want to be the dude as a freshman in college. Mm-hmm. Because that's hard. That's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. And work with someone who's got knowledge on how to get... I, again, testament, my own baseball career in 25 and over Wood Bat League, was hitting a ball harder and farther at 26 years old, 27 years old, working with you than I was with with wood than I was at 18, 19, and 20 with metal, mm-hmm. which is not should never have been a thing. Right. But again, I had no idea what I was doing, and I'm I'm the dude who tells my athletes get in the gym. Mm-hmm. Something's better than nothing. I have a kid that but, just that just started with me. He's going to be a junior. Plays jun plays uh, junior hockey, mm-hmm. and. After three weeks of training here, he went to a tournament, and he had his teammates saying, what are you doing? Right. 
because he was skating and hitting different on the on the ice. Yeah. You know, and he even came back. He's like, hey, whatever we're doing is working because I felt so much different on the ice. You and know? it's funny because it's one of those things that you don't realize is happening mm-hmm. until the light bulb clicks. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I think what the, the first time I realized that I was leading off a of first and one of my friends looked at me and goes, steal, and called me a derogatory name mm-hmm. because that's what we do. Yeah. And I looked at him and I was like, come on, man. And he just, he looked at me and basically called me a wuss. Mm-hmm. So the next pitch I took off, I took three steps and I'm like, holy crap, I'm flying. <laughs> like what happened? Like just the power and drive in my legs. I was like, I mean, I came to you, I was squatting f- over 550 in high school. Mm-hmm. That's the reason my back's jacked up, like we've talked about. But mm-hmm. my legs were, have always been strong. I'm a big dude, got to move. My legs have always been strong. Never like that. Never like that. And it was incredible. I... I cannot overemphasize how important this stuff is for athletics and athletes as a whole. And no matter what sport you're in, I wish I would have been training with you when I was in high school. I really do. Like, I wish I would. And if it wasn't you, someone like you. Right. Like, just someone. I wish more kids as a whole could find someone. Because the mentorship is gone. Yeah. It's gone. It's, it's, it's very hard to find nowadays with these kids. And let's be honest, man, a lot of these kids need it. Yeah, they need a mentor that's going to help guide them a little bit, just an avenue that they they just don't have at home. Mom and dad work too much, you know. What do they got? Their brothers and sisters, right? It's really not a very good path, you know. Yeah, and just it's, it's sad. It's sad that we don't have that more in athletics. And teachers, our coaches in school, they're they're handcuffed. A lot of times they can't do it. Right. You know, just, it's very hard in school. So. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things. I really do think. And, th- and that's a great point. I mean, I'm I'm that guy. I've sat in an office with a kid while he's in tears, telling me that his mom's out of town and his dad's been working sixty, eighty hours a week, yeah. and you know they left frozen pizza in yeah. the freezer for him for yeah. the week. And he's like, I, just, I haven't had a, a real meal all week. There's no direction. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Kids like, oh, you know, and not just no direction, but let's call it incorrect guidance, mm-hmm. even on even on simple stuff. Mm-hmm. Hey man, what are you doing? What are you doing to work out? Well, I go to the gym a couple times a week. Yeah. You know, I do chest, I do back, and I do legs. I'm doing what I saw on YouTube. Yeah. You know, I walk in, you you see a guy with a spaghetti strap on with, you know, broad shoulders mm-hmm. and, you know, a, a muscular chest and legs this big around. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm gonna do what that dude does. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just, at one point you look again. At least it's at least he's doing something. Mm-hmm. But then you sit there and like, oh man, I wish I played more. Oh man, I wish I made that team. So the biggest problem with that is the kid that isn't born with a lot of strength, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But the kid that has something, he's a little gifted, he's getting injured. Yeah. Every day of the week. Every day of the week. Because what's going to happen is he's going to get so strong so quickly, his body isn't going to be able to keep up with it. Right. That was me. I was like pressing 1,000 pounds at 15 years old, weighing 150 pounds. Right. Squatting 400 for reps, same age. Yeah. You know, and I was injuring myself. Pretty much every time I was in the gym, I just didn't know it until everything just gave up. Right. And it stopped working that way, you know. So, injury specific. All right, you have an athlete come into you. Mm-hmm. High school kid, let's call him a sophomore, junior, somewhere okay. in there. Yep. So, 15. Mm-hmm. Says, I play football. And I'm in the gym five days a week, and I've plateaued. Mm-hmm. And with trying to push myself past that, past that plateau... My knee is bothering me, and my other shoulder is messed up. Mm-hmm. 
What's what is that? What does that initial conversation look like? Got to look at some movements. So that's that's something that you. It's a more of a hands-on thing, right? So you and, gotta, and I know that. And I, I knew you got to look at. Okay, let's see how the squat looks from all angles. Right. Because he could be internally rotating in the in the knee, which would say what? There's a glute issue. Right. You know, he he could be drifting too or far forward. He could be getting too much on his toes. He might not have very good ankle flexion. You know, there's a lot of different things that could be going on, which all that could be in turn hurting the shoulder. Right. So yeah. it's just, there's some, there's, it would be something that more of a hands-on kind of thing. Like, Steve, you're talking about someone sending you a video. Right. You know, you get a video. Video's great, but if I don't have different angles, that video can't help me much. Right. Because i got to see all the different angles. You know, a lot of times you got to see what someone looks like from behind of a squat than in front of a squat, or vice versa, or to the side. You know, like, yeah. I watched someone in here doing bench today. Um, looked great from behind, but from the side, completely incorrect. Right. So you got to have all angles to be able to see what's going on. Yeah, and I I do I do know that. So I, I do know that that's a hands-on thing yeah, for you. Yeah. But I also know that you're you're good enough at this yeah. that you could get get through that and yeah. exactly what I wanted. Mm-hmm. You know that and that's why the hands-on the find the guy or girl that you know and that you can trust and has the knowledge is the important part. And sometimes it's just we need to back down on the weight. You know, the, the person, they, they just they can't handle that amount of load yet. And that sometimes is just, that's the issue, is we're resorting back to bad form or form that they think is good form and just not. And they just can't handle it with the muscle tissue that needs to be used. Right. You know, that's usually what a problem the problem is, is a person squats 225, awesome, awesome. They can do it, say, for 10 reps. Right. I mean, it's picture-perfect form money put 300 on their back and they crumble right why is that they should be able to squat 300 squatting 225 for 10 because numbers tell me that's a 300 pound squat right problem is is mentally as soon as that weight goes on their back they're like oh man i'm going down i'm not gonna be able to do this it's an automatic in the brain it's mm-hmm. usually an unconscious thing that goes in our brain and then we go to squat down and we we lose form because we automatically failed as soon as we put it on our back right I say that all the time in here. I put a leg, someone on a leg press. They pick it up. It's like, oh, my God, that's that's way too heavy. I, I can't do this. And they've already failed before they even tried. Right. Now, they have 20 in them. But mentally, right. they have none. Right. And that's a problem with most people in the gym. Sure. Because you know, then you have the other side of it. It was, I can do this, and, you're, no, and you're nowhere close. That was me. Yeah. I, <laughs> I saw a weight, did a weight. Yeah. And if it had more plates on it, I was going after it. Yeah. And I was getting it done, no matter what I had to do to get it done. And the problem was, is I was injuring this, 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 and this to get the weight done. Yet I got it done. Right. <laughs> and that was probably one of the biggest things, personally, for me. You know, I came in, I was that guy that it was, you know, lifting was about your max. Mm-hmm. It was about your one mm-hmm. rep max. And how that equated to you playing, I still don't know. But, it, it that like, that's all anybody cared about. Mm-hmm. How much can you bench one time? How much can you squat one time? How much can you deadlift one time? Yeah, because I made you an athlete. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and it was, like, I had no idea. Right. Like, I walked into high school, like, okay, it's max day. Like, it's, we have two of them. We're, we're, we do, I think it was bench and deadlift one day and then squat and clean the next day, like, oh, like a week later. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what my maxes were. I didn't know how to figure out what my maxes were. I was in there. I was lifting. I was moving weights. Like, oh, what are you trying? I don't know. And then, like, our strength and conditioning coach, what are you trying? 
What 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 weight do you want to try to squat today? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Uh, Four hundred sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> and then like up down. Yeah. Oh, shit, that was way too easy. I only get one more shot. Yeah. Like okay, five seventy five. Well, there goes my back. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. you know, have just having no clue, and you know, ha- having the clue or finding someone who can help you with the clue will prevent that injury. The having an approach to a total body workout. I mean, I've, this is a perfect example, and I'm, I'm actually curious to see what your take on this would be. Probably 2012, 2013, 2014. Kid comes, kid comes to practice, been on the team for two years, senior year, throwing hard, hitting the ball a ton, and second week of practice, coach, I can't throw. My, my back is jacked up, I can't throw. I don't know what happened. Turns out, after going to some doctors and some specialists, he overworked his chest so much, it rolled his shoulders forward. No. And there was no strength in his back for mm-hmm. his deceleration on his throw. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, when's the last time you did a like a, a back workout? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, why do I have to do a back workout? Mm-hmm. This is why. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm, I'm curious on your take on something along those lines. Like, how often do you see stuff like that? I, right now. Yeah? I got a kid that... He's playing football. He's going in tenth grade. Big kid, six, almost six five. And uh, they bench and squat. Right. That's all I do at practice. So I have him. He's training at the at with the team Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Right. He comes to me Tuesdays and Thursdays. I do opposite of what he did the day before. Right. So this past Tuesday, they did nothing. So they're off. Right. Holiday. So we're gonna destroy your legs. Let's have some fun, you know. And then he had—he knew he had legs. He had double up on Wednesday, right? So they had legs and uh, so squat and press, right? Because that's all they do. So he goes there, does that. So when he comes to me on Thursday, we do back. Yeah. I said so, and I had this exact conversation. You're, you're bringing me right now, which is so funny. <laughs> I'm like, so what happens is we keep on doing the bench, and you kids, what are you on? Your phone all day. Mm-hmm. So what do you do with your phone? You rotate your shoulders forward. You know, you're at your desk. What do you do? Rotate your shoulders forward. So we're overdeveloping our pecs. Right. Rolling forward so the back is not staying back anymore, right? So we have to do something to get it back. So our days, we're going to do a lot of rows. Not so much lat, because lat isn't going to really help in that instance, right? So sure. we got to do a lot of upper back movements. So a lot of rows, a lot of seated rows with the, using the upper back musculature. And uh, we did a little bit of shoulder, so he, he got introduced to some of the super range of motion side laterals we're doing where we're going up over the head completely and uh, slow negatives. And then what, what else did we do? Uh, we did partial partial um, laterals. Okay. But, yeah, we had this same conversation on Thursday that you're actually that's, talking about right that's now. That's funny. That is awesome. Yeah, it's that. That was one of the. And I mean, I, I was a young coach at the time. I mean, I started coaching. I think in twenty. I started coaching high school in twenty eleven. That means twenty ten, two thousand nine. Was my first time coaching. I was like, but isn't it most most of us? Yeah. So we we so. What do you bench, bro? Yeah, that look, that's and, the question you get from everybody. Absolutely. Not what you squat. Not nope. what you deadlift. Not what you row. Not what you curl. Yeah. So how much you bench, bro? I mean, I get it all the time. Because I'm a, a decent sized guy, how much you bench? I don't bench. Yeah, I literally have no idea. 
I have not bench flat benched in probably five years, four years, yeah, probably like five years. And the last time I benched, I hadn't benched before that for two. And when I benched that day, I, I put up 315 for sets of 10. Right. Just for fun. Just wanted to see how it felt and how, how it was that day. And I think I did 10 sets of 10. Right. You know, and then I put up 405 for like five just to see if I could do it. Right. And then I haven't benched since. That was the last time I benched. That was yeah. at Catalyst. Yeah, that was, I mean, I I tell people all the time, I mean, I haven't put a bar across my back to squat since I stopped playing college football. Yeah. Because why? And if like, we will, we'll use the safety squat bar so it don't yeah. torque the shoulders. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't straight benched in, I did it a, a very light weight for reps a few times recently mm-hmm. when I was doing my own chest day. And now me and you have switched where it's easier for me to do back stuff at, you know, with what I have at home. Yeah. And I don't have the, the equipment you have here, yeah. which is, makes doing chest stuff easier and yes, we use the incline prime piece specifically for your shoulder because your shoulder is not liking anything pressing. right now. Really, it's, it's just, it has a hard time in that bottom range. So the prime piece we can load complete end range. Yeah. So we really have nothing in the bottom of the movement. So in the stretch position, in our length or our shortened position, we have no load. So then we can load it all through the movement. Right. Right. So the the prime equipment, and I know because we're we're gonna get into your business now, your what, what you guys got going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you guys opened Body Sculpting by Newman mm-hmm. here in is this technically Williamsville, Lancaster? It's a Williamsville zip. We're Clarence School District, I believe. <laughs> I'm a hundred foot from the Lancaster sign, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so it's it's at the corner of. Whirly Harris Hill and, Wh- and Whirly. Uh, if you know where the Epic Center is, it's the other side of yep. uh, Harris, Harris Hill from Hill. that. And small private studio, all prime equipment. What what drew you to the prime equipment first off? I used it in Florida, so it was really it just it just came out in 2014. Okay, I was in Florida in 2015. They were actually trying out the pieces. To give feedback to back to Prime, right? To tell them what they needed to change to develop these pieces. So the cedar roll that's out there, I used that before it was even on the market. And the guy I was talking to, I ended up training with him a couple of years after that. He's like, "Don't buy this one. Wait till they develop the next one because the next one's going to be better." Okay. So the piece I have here, the handles on it are designed by Prime. I'm the first one to own them in all of New York State. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't even released. When I actually bought the piece, he hadn't even advertised to sell it yet. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. This was back, what, 2017. No, and, and Prime is the one that, uh, that did they develop those, like, more, like the I handles, call them ha- hammer, yep. hammer grips type thing? Yeah, so the, the ones that are designed to fit in your hand where you don't have to actually hold on to it, those, I believe, I believe were all Prime first. Right. And then you had your mag grips. So yep. your, your mag is is the another. So they, it could have been the same time frame though. So I don't want to say that it was. Right. But I know they're right around the same time frame. Yeah. Now the Kaz handles the silver ones. I have that they're cone shaped ones. Those are developed by Kaz. Okay. Yeah, and so athletically speaking, people don't realize how much grip strength mm-hmm. plays into what you do as an athlete. Yeah. Um, specifically, baseball. You know, throwing pitches, being able to spin the ball harder holding your bat, controlling the barrel, stuff like that. And people don't realize that your grip strength is actually more out in your fingers mm-hmm. 
than it is, you know, like, so you have your normal standard, what you'd call like a gym bar for a pull down. Right. How many people wrap all the way around and they're pulling with forearms? With their forearms, and, and it's not actually in their grip. Yep. You know, and, and that's it's it's incredible when when you have never used them and all yeah. of a sudden you are, and every machine in here that has those, you can go pronated. I, I say this one wrong. Supinated. Supinated. Thank. I always. I I can never say that. I don't know yeah. why. Or a neutral grip or anything yeah. in between. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's incredible when you see just simple. How rolling those wrists changes how it hits yep. and how, what you're focused on. It's it's insane. So we can go from a pronated where we're upper back musculature and then to a neutral or semi-supinated or supinated, which will put it basically on a lat. Right. As long as we keep our elbows down and our shoulders down. What I love about the handles is it teaches us to use our hands as hooks. Right. Because we should not be pulling with our hands when we're doing back movements. Right. So it helps us to actually, the mind, to understand how to use the hand as like a hook instead of really gripping it and cranking it like we're trying to do a forearm curl right. as we're doing a row, right? And that's the problem with a lot of people is they squeeze so hard they're initiating through the bicep, right? Right. And then the back comes in there a little bit. Sure. Or they're initiating too much with the tricep and the back comes in there a little bit. Yeah. So then the other prime equipment in here, so the, the ones... A lot of your presses, mm-hmm. um, your most, some of the leg machines, I'm trying to, I'm, it's around the corner. Leg curl and leg, curl and leg extension. Yeah. Yep. They have, so they have three different. And a leg press has three different. So, so to, to describe this to the people listening, because obviously they're not going to be able to see it, it's a machine you sit into, lay on, whatever, whichever one so you're I doing. So I can load every piece, every prime piece, I can load where I, you can have it really heavy in the beginning of a movement really heavy in the middle of the movement, and really heavy in the end of the movement. Right. Or I can load it where it's heavy mid-end or beginning mid-movement. Right. So each each machine has three different spots you can load. Three different spots, but I can load it five different ways. Right. And it's, it, it like, it's insane. I, I've actually, there was a point at different points on workouts I've done with you mm-hmm. where we did the same movement loaded differently. Mm-hmm. So like three sets this way, three sets this way, right. and it hits completely right. different. Right. Didn't, didn't change my grip. Didn't change where my hands were. Didn't change anything. Just changed the load. And it completely changed the work. So the science behind that, say, pack or back. We can we can talk either one. They both developed in the lengthened position. So in the stretch position. Right. Right. Or the length position. So the length position in the pack would be stretch position. Yeah. Right. So that's where the pack actually loads or grows from. Right. So hypertrophy happens when we're in a stretch position. Yeah. So I load these machines where I can over-exaggerate that position to make that grow more. Right. And then when that gets weaker, we can load it in other areas. We can keep working, yet we're fatigued there. Sure. Now when we go to a back, it's in the arm, so a straightened arm yeah. position for the lat. That's where the lat grows. The lat grows from a, strength, from a length position there. Right. So I can load it 100% there. So I'm just working on growth of the lap. Right. And it's, I don't, I don't, I've never seen equipment like this anywhere mm-hmm. else around here. Now, truth be told, aside from your place and my garage, I don't go to many gyms. There's only a couple places around here that have a few pieces. Right. And now you guys have the excitement of, we're blowing out a wall yeah. and putting more cool stuff in. Yeah. We're so, double, doubling the size. Yeah. So, t- so what's, what's the new fun stuff you're going to have coming in here? So we have... My favorite is I have a dumbbell rack coming that's going to be four tier. 
So my dumbbell rack will be taking up three of my racks. Okay. So I can get rid of three racks. Nice. I only have one. So I have four here. I'll only have one plus this one. And it's three tier, and then the bottom one is a pull-out drawer where all my big boys will be. Okay. So my <laughs> 140s to my 190s will be on that bottom gotcha. rack. Then we have a um, split rack, so like my full rack that's pulled down on each side, yep. I'm having a half one. Okay. So I'm, I got that coming. That's actually coming by probably the end of June, early July that I'll be here. Cool. Um, we have an abductor, adductor machine, and we have a pec and rear fly machine coming. Cool. Just from Prime. Right. And then I know you have... Uh... A belt squat we're coming. A belt, we're getting a belt squat, 45 degree hyper extension, a sled. Putting a patch of turf down. Patch of turf down. We're getting a sled and we're getting some battle ropes. Um, not sure what else the wife will let me buy. But we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure if you explain why you need it, it you know. It, she, it, she seems reasonable. It worked for the first half. <laughs> <laughs> now we're on overdrive, so right. I don't know how much more. Right. So the... All of this stuff. So we, we've talked about your history, you know, preventing injury. We've talked about working with athletes and stuff like that. If you had one thing that you could tell any athlete of any age about working out, getting in the gym, training, getting stronger, what would be the number one thing you would tell an athlete about this stuff? The drive home, probably my, my biggest thing I've learned over all these years that I wish I would have known from the very beginning is always strive to be better. Always strive to get more education and to get better at every, every movement. Right. So don't, don't just do the stuff you're good at, do the stuff you're not good at to get I better. I, I, I try to make every movement hard. Right. Where I suck at it. <laughs> and I've, honest. I've seen you do it. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> I don't really care about like stuff that I'm good at. I don't even do. Right. I don't want to do it. Because I'm already good at it, right? So I, I want to get stuff that I, I'm really bad at, like I'm I'm changing up this today. I'm training legs, and I changed up from walking lunges to stiff legs, mainly because I watched everyone do stiff legs this week, and they've all loved the movement. So right. I'm and I suck at them. Right. So that's something I want to get better at. So that's something I'm putting into my um, cycle this next four to ten weeks. Okay. So this is the point. We got about in that ten minute range left in the episode. Okay. I usually sit around an hour. I want a funny story, or like one one of your favorite stories from either athletics, training an athlete, yourself doing competitions. I have a lot of them. I know you do. We've talked. We've talked a lot. <laughs> uh, so one one story, and then we'll get into the where we can find you how people can look into your stuff, into your business, and uh, any kind of personal shout-outs you wanted to give in any way. So let's start with the story. I know I'm putting you on the spot here. I do this to everybody. I don't I don't tell them this part's coming because I just, want like the... There's just so many of them. <laughs> All right, the one that keeps on coming, that it won't go out of my head. I was in Strongman. I was... I had done two. Strongman contest. My first one was I got home from I competed in Miami at Super Body um, bodybuilding competition. So I was 189 pounds at the contest. 
I think I was 195 two weeks later when I did my first strongman contest. Okay. I don't like competing. I don't like doing easy stuff. Right. You know me. So yeah. I like it being hard. I was actually a lightweight that day. Okay. I competed in the heavyweights. So I was 195 over 200 was considered a heavyweight at this specific contest. Gotcha. So I said I was a heavyweight. So I said I was like 201, whatever I weighed in at. It was a non-sanctioned show contest in a, yeah. in, a, in a parking lot. I went up against guys 350 or 400 pounds. Wow. Right. I ended up tying the guy in second. He was another guy that was like 350. I ended up training with him later in time in, in powerlifting. Went to my next contest. Next contest was in uh, just outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I broke three records there. I was the only guy to load all the stones. I had to be the freakiest person there. That was just who I was at the time. Right. Um, not who I am anymore. It was a part that I had to be the best. Right. At that time frame, you know. And uh, so I ended up doing really well there. Qualified for nationals. Or qualified to do a pro qualifier. Right. Per se. So I come home, tell a couple guys that I'm training at the time. Yeah, I did this, blah, blah, blah. I ended up um, getting put in the paper because he called the paper to put me in the paper. They ended up putting me in the news because they saw it in the paper or whatever. Sure. So fast forward, six months later, I'm training for nationals. Mind you, I'm one of the better athletes. I do it as a lightweight, so I was under 231. Okay. I think I weighed in at like 220-ish. So I go to this contest, and I, I'm doing well. Like I'm, I, I'm, I'm ready to go. The log is the first first movement we do. I was in training, 12 to 15 reps, not a problem. I went there. I ended up getting six. The empty log felt heavy. It only weighed 60 pounds. Wow. Right. I thought I was inhuman. You know, I didn't think I was human. I thought yeah. I, could, I was immortal yeah. kind of person. I remember saying it on the way, listening to the Megadeth. <laughs> no, no lie, man. You, you can ask the guy that was in the car with me. I'm like, that's me. And I truly believe that shit, which is sad. Yeah. So I bombed there. <laughs> I think I was, there was 44 competitors. I think I was like middle of the pack, like 20-something. Okay. Right? Go to my next next event, which is one of my worst events, and uh, ended up placing, I think, top six. Right? So one of my better events, I bombed. Right. Crappy event. Did well. Go into Farmer's Carry. I had never jumped Farmer's Carry in my life. Right? That's when we have a... Handles in each hand with weight, which weighed, I think they were 240 at the time right. at that contest. I had to go 200 foot. So it was 50 foot down, turn, 50 foot turn, 50 foot turn, finish. Everyone's dropping. I'm like, I never dropped it in my life. I'm right. not really worried, concerned with that. I started off so fast, <laughs> I ran past the cone almost 10 feet before <laughs> I could slow down enough to make my turn. Oh, jeez. Right? Because I was amped up or whatever was going on with me. Yeah. I made my turn. <laughs> I was going past the cone by the time the guy next to me was making his turn. Right, so I'd have been way ahead of him. Right, out of slowed down enough to make my turn. Yeah, focused on the Didn't, competition. What you were actually supposed yeah, to do. Didn't do it. I ended up tripping ten foot before the finish line and falling flat on my face. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So <laughs> and then, probably twentieth, 
out right. of 44 competitors. Probably in a really good mood about it. Oh, dude, I was, I was livid. Very, 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 very heated. Next event, another one I wasn't good at, deadlift. I'm not a good deadlifter. Okay. I pulled the 600. First time I ever pulled 600 off the floor was there. It was it was a, a medley. So we had to do 500-pound um, axle, which is a 2-inch handle, 550-pound frame, 600-pound bar, and then a 650 car. We had to pick up the car. I ended up finishing it all fourth wow. out of the 44. Go into Stones. Not good at it again. And it was seventh out of 44. Wow. Worst day of training I've ever done in my life. <laughs> and that's the story that kept on coming. Right. So not a great one. No. And so, not a great one. You but, know, it was a really poor one, but it actually set me up to be a better athlete and a better human being after that day. And that's, I enjoy when the stories are not necessarily always feel good mm-hmm. because, so this is predominantly a baseball podcast. Mm-hmm. Baseball's, latent with failure mm-hmm. it's based on oh, 100% yeah so you know you, you, you focus on what you think you can do and then when you don't do it like for example your farmer's carry mm-hmm. you weren't focused you were focused on I'm awesome I'm going to crush this didn't realize we didn't do what we were supposed to do mm-hmm. right as opposed to if you just I did the work I'm good stayed focused mm-hmm. maybe not so much mm-hmm. right maybe maybe we get through that you know you're a hitter you put the work in I should crush this kid. This went over four. Mm-hmm. How do you re- how do you react to that? Do you go up the, your next time and swing out of your shoes trying to make up for the last one, or do you refocus and just nope, I'm good. It's it, it's a great story. I love it, <laughs> and I give you a lot of credit because not a lot of people would tell a story like that, mm-hmm. especially when in this scenario. You, you know, know me, you know me, brother. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. All right, so shout outs. Who do you want to you know give a shout out to? Anything like that, uh, and then we'll get to the the promo side of things. Um, of course, my wife. Of course, you know she's my she's my backbone. Yeah. So she's she's up there, number one to me, in my in my life in my business. So just she keeps me up and the good Lord. You right. Know? Without the God, I wouldn't be here. So yeah, keeps me moving forward and keeps me striving to be better. You know, and all the friends and family. You know, just people that support me. You know, and the people that don't support me. You know, I'm all about them, too. Right. I have a lot of haters, and it's cool, because I don't really worry about them. Right. You know, I just got to keep on moving. It's funny, because this is a sports podcast, and I, I know a lot of kids and athletes, and even adults, have had this their whole lives, you know. I've had people that have hated on me since I've been eight years old, mm-hmm. and it will never stop. Yeah. It will never stop. And I see people all the time that they worry about the people that talk. You know, and if they're not talking, you're not doing something right. And that's the way I've always looked at it. You know, they better be talking. Right. Because if they're not, I'm not doing something correct. Right. I want to be striving to be better at all times. So people better keep on talking. Yeah. You know. That, and that's a great way to look at that. You know, I I'm, I can appreciate that a little bit myself. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So where if somebody wants to find Aaron Newman, Newman Nation, Body Sculpt, or sorry, it's Body by Newman now, right? Yep. Just Body by Newman. They wanted to find you. Social media. I know you guys got an Instagram. I know you got Facebook. Yeah, we got Facebook. Body by Newman, Nutrition by Newman on Instagram. My name is um, what Coach Iron Man, I think, on Instagram now. We just changed it. And the wife is Fit Coach Newman on Instagram. Uh, Facebook, we're Body by Newman. Website, NewmanNation.com. 
results at newmannation.com. You can get a hold of us by email. Cool. So the uh, all of, I'm going to put all that in the uh, in the Comments. summary. Yep, yep. Uh, so that'll be underneath if you're listening to this on. And, and this is going to be my you know ending promo here. You can find Tip of the Cap on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, anywhere else you get your podcast from. If you want to get any of their social media information, it's going to be down in the summary of the episode. Uh, like, follow, share, subscribe, tell your friends. And uh, if you do reach out to Coach Newman here and want to get in and lift uh, and lift with him, get a workout in, see what it's like, see where you're at, see where he's at, and just find out what the hype's about that I'm all about, um, let him know you heard it on Tip of the Cap Podcast. You know, Let him know that his voice is being heard and that... You know, you were intrigued by what he said, and uh, there is so much more I wanted to get into, and like, I, and this is why I don't plan episodes because I love where we went, I love what we talked about, and there's so much more I'd love to do and talk about with you, especially getting a little bit more specific, a little bit more into detail on things. Mm-hmm. That I'd love to have you back on the show if you're willing yeah, to do that'd it. That'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right, we will we will set that up. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll do a fairly semi regular thing with this and just kind of keep keep things rolling. Yeah. So. Yeah, we didn't even get into the expansion. Um, no, no, we really did. We really didn't. Which uh, I would love to get there too, because like the the turf, the sled, all that stuff sounds like things that people are going to go. Wait, that sounds like stuff that athletes do. And yeah, it is. So, um, thanks for tuning in, guys. Aaron, thanks for joining me. Thanks for coming on the show. Him, yeah. And uh, Siobhan, thanks for organizing this. She's been sitting off to the side. You're welcome. <laughs> so, uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Tip of the Pat Cap Podcast, sponsored by Stinger Sports. Uh, You heard the bumper. I think it's at the top. I put it at the end. You guys know the drill. So uh, like, follow, share, subscribe, tell your friends, and we will catch you guys next time.